Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Take our Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17, the book of Luke chapter 17. Uh, and as you are, I just want to remind us to pray for the heart uh, and healing of our country. Uh, and of course, we know the tensions across the country that have spilled out uh, even today in our capital, and just keep that in prayer. Uh, not even to mention uh, everything that's going on with the pandemic and then uh, the vaccines, that, that they would be distributed more effectively. And keep all of that in mind, if you will. Uh, and those that are online, please uh, write it down, jot it down as a reminder uh, to, pl- to pray for the health, the heart, uh, and the healing uh, of our country. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 17, verse number 11. Uh, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, of course, we're following our hero through the book of Luke, uh, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men, say that with me, ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. Go show yourselves unto the priests. Go show yourselves unto the priests. Uh, and it came to pass that as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. And uh, one of them, when he uh, saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And, and he was a Samaritan, kind of parenthetically. Uh, and Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Uh, there are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. Save this Samaritan. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I love the passage, and I like even the progression into the passage. In uh, Luke chapter 5, he touches Christ. Our hero touches one leper, uh, transforms uh, one leper. And then uh, in Luke chapter 7, it seems like it's multiplying because uh, in in Luke chapter 7, it says that he touched and healed and helped and cured uh, multitudes, many Uh, lepers. And uh, it's almost as if those leper colonies have stories that are echoing around them. Those groups that are outside of the city uh, are are sharing, they're telling, they're they're excited about. And uh, it goes from healing one to then many. And now in our passage uh, before us tonight, uh, there's 10, there's 10 leprosy. Uh, This untreatable, this this disease that has no cure, uh, now, now uh, has a healer, now uh, has a cure. Each leper, for years and numerous occasions, uh, must have heard that phrase, go show yourself unto the priest. Uh, go show yourself unto the priest. Uh, the law of the leper, the priest very involved in diagnosing that leprosy, uh, in the prognosis for that leprosy as it's uh, expanding, as it's uh, increasing, and then even uh, isolating that leper from, from the rest of, uh, of people. Can you imagine a, a family member seeing that spot? Leviticus chapter 13, if it's a spot under the skin, and is it growing? Boy, he needs to go show himself unto the priest. Uh, and, and then two or three days later, uh, after just noticing and then telling, uh, but then two or three days later, no, he needs to go show himself unto the priest. Uh, he goes to the priest for that, that diagnosis, for that, that prognosis, that that, that isolation, but the leprosy is still uncured, still not healed, still continuing to grow. Uh, not one leper has ever been helped 
ever been helped, ever been healed by, by any priest. Uh, that go show yourself unto the priest was uh, more of a death sentence. Go show yourself unto the priest was more of a, here we go, it, it's heading that way, it's not going to turn around, this is only going uh, one direction. Go show yourself unto the priest, and he only monitored, and he, he only isolated. Uh, but now, after Luke 5's miracle about the touch, uh, now, after Luke 7's incredible cures by Christ, uh, now that the, the leper colonies, it, it, it must not have been, go show yourself unto the priest, it, it must have been, boy, to find Messiah, to be in the presence of Christ. There's one that's healed leprosy. There's one that, that's absolutely transformed the leper. Uh, it, it's not so much go show yourself unto the priest as much as it is go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and he's the one that heals from leprosy. Uh, as we look at this, put down point number one, if you will. Notice first, the people for the miracle. The people for the miracle. Look at verse 10. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten, ten, ten men that were lepers. That's the sickness. Hansen's disease. That that leprosy, we've already seen it twice, the miracles already a couple times, that uh, incurable, that untreatable, that loathsome disease that attacks the nerves, that, that causes ulcers in the skin and deformity and disfigurement and uh, the cartilage being affected and cankered and cancered and pus and, and, and infection and the corrosion of the body. Uh, a famous expositor said, the visible effect on the body of leprosy illustrates the effect of sin upon the soul. Sin, like leprosy, is most loathsome, polluting, deforming, an unclean thing. Leprosy is God's language by which he describes sin as it appears in his sight. Uh, the verse that, that is very telling is Isaiah chapter 64, uh, verse number 6. But we all as an unclean thing. And of course, at Leviticus 13, they were told, the lepers, by the priest, go show up to the priest. The priest would say, hey, put your hand over your mouth and cry, unclean, unclean, so that you wouldn't infect anyone else. But we all, as an unclean thing, we're all that way. And all our righteousness, the best we are, are as filthy rags. Those rags that, that they would hang by the gate of the city, they'd They'd wipe the pus. They'd wipe that, that, that uh, ulcer of the skin from that leprosy and then uh, hang that rag over that branch as it dried in the sun. Uh, and then they'd go in and uh, get what they needed and come back out. Uh, uh, all our righteousness are as those filthy rags. But we all are sin. Uh, but we all, as an unclean thing, and uh, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. Uh, and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us uh, away, outcasts. Uh, they'd be outside of the camp. They'd be uh, afar off. We're, we're outcasts. They've taken us away. So the sickness is leprosy. Uh, the separation, we alluded to there in that, that verse, verse 12, as he entered into the certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They stood afar off. And of course, the law of leprosy in Leviticus chapter 13 and the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare. He shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean, 
It reminds me a little bit of what we're going through now, uh, trying to protect from uh, infecting another. Uh, unclean, unclean. And they'd walk across the street and pass and then come back. They'd keep that space. That social distancing didn't start in 2020, okay? Uh, back here, at Leviticus chapter 13. Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He's unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp. Without the camp. Uh, without the city shall his habitation uh, be. Leprosy quite literally broke up families. Uh, leprosy quite literally separated loved ones in marriages and, and caused them to be afar off. They, they stood afar off. I, I, I like how uh, Ephesians, again, it, it pictures our sin. It pictures the devastation of our sin, uh, Ephesians 2. But now in Christ, ye who were sometimes afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Boy, He is the healer. He's the one that cures. Uh, he's the one that transforms. Uh, he's the one that brings us back to have that close personal uh, relationship. Well, uh, the people that needed that miracle, we saw the sickness, we saw the separation, uh, but then notice the Samaritan. At least one of them was a Samaritan. Uh, verse 15, look at it the first four words, and one of them, uh, look at verse 16, the last three words, was a Samaritan. Uh, and one of them was a Samaritan. Okay, he's from Samaria. What significance does that have? Keep in mind, uh, even in the story of the Good Samaritan, remember that lawyer of the law, that perfect, pristine, religious man, uh, 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 good master, tell us what's the, the, the first and great commandment of the law. Uh, love God, love your neighbor, but who's my neighbor? And, and then the Lord told him this uh, story about that traveler beaten half to death and how uh, a certain priest and a certain Levite passed by the other side. Uh, and it wasn't until a good Samaritan went to where he was, reached down, picked up, uh, put him on, uh, took him to, paid for, helped him, blessed him. Uh, and then remember when he said, tell me, who's a neighbor to this man? And the guy wouldn't even say, the Samaritan, he wouldn't even say the word. They were so despised, so, so detestable uh, to the Jews, to the Jew, that gap, uh, Jew, Gentile. Uh, of course, the Samaritan was half Jew, half Gentile. I suppose uh, he to whom showed compassion to him, uh, that's the one, wouldn't even say the Samaritan. Uh, and, and so uh, keep in mind the Jews and the Gentiles, Jews and the Samaritans, Huge gap, huge divide, uh, until leprosy is brought in. And then the divide isn't Jew-Gentile. Uh, when it comes to being clean or unclean, didn't matter if you were an unclean Jew, didn't matter if you were an unclean Gentile, hey, did not matter. Uh, our sin condition puts us all in the same boat. It puts us all in the same boat. For all, in fact, Romans chapter 3, verse number 9, Paul said, what then, talking to the Jews, what then, are we better than they, talking about the Gentiles? Talking to the Jews, talking about the Gentiles, no and no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. As it is written, there's none righteous, there's, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understand it, there's none that seeketh after God, they are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable, there's None that doeth good, no, not one. And then it describes the effect of sin uh, similar to, to that, that raspiness, that, that 
that uh, effect that it would have on the, uh, on the body. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Uh, with their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of asps under their lip, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. And it goes on in verse 22, For there's no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. doesn't matter if you're uh, a religious sinner or an unreligious sinner, we're all in that same boat. Put down number two. Uh, number one, the people for the miracle. Ten lepers that stood afar off. Ten of them, ten lepers that stood afar off. Notice the plea. The plea or the prayer. Look at verse number 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They lifted up their voices. You say, well, uh, what's the big deal about that? Uh, they had to stay a hundred paces. The Talmud, the, the oral law, they had to stay a hundred paces, 150 feet away from uh, a clean person, unclean, clean person. And so they stood afar off at least 150 feet away. Uh, now keep in mind, 150 feet away is basically from that furthest door uh, all the way to that furthest door. And if you've ever tried to to talk to someone from one side to the other of this auditorium uh, without a microphone, uh, uh, one side to the other, uh, hey, hey, Steve, or uh, hey, hey, James, uh, uh, you, you can barely hear the other person, barely hear the other person. And keep in mind, they're not in an auditorium setting where uh, the drywall, the acoustics, the the sound travel, hey, they're outside. They're outside, people hustling and bustling around, and, and that 150-foot uh, distance, uh, when they lift up their voice, they had to be heard over the top of uh, Jesus. Jesus, Master, uh, have mercy on us. Now keep in mind also, uh, one of the areas their bodies affected was their larynx, their throat, their, their voice. One of the signs... Uh, that that uh, uh, the person was struck with uh, leprosy is they started to have a raspy voice. Uh, they started to have kind of a gravelly kind of a voice, uh, having a hard time uh, uh, getting any volume, having a hard time uh, getting any kind of uh, a projection, yet they still lifted up their voice. Uh, 150 feet away, having to be heard uh, over the, the ambient noise around them. It, it makes me think of Hebrews. 11.6, he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And they did. Why, one of the areas of their body was being uh, uh, disfigured, being uh, the corrosion and the corruptness, uh, that leprosy eating away, that raspiness and graveling. Jesus, Master! Jesus, Master! Uh, have mercy on us! I, I like the fact that, that they came to the right person, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they gave him the right position Master. He's our master. Jesus, master. Uh, in, I think it's Luke chapter 18. Uh, maybe it's later on, but we're going to get to blind Bartimaeus when uh, that huge crowd is going by, multitudes going by, and uh, blind Bartimaeus said, hey, what's happening? What's, what's going on? And, and someone said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus of Nazareth. And of course, we know that's a derogatory term. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, it was a dirty city, and it was almost a put-down to say, well, he's from Nazareth, he's from Nazareth. Uh, remember what blind Bartimaeus did? He didn't say, Jesus of Nazareth, come uh, heal me, come help me. 
Uh, they said, it's Jesus of Nazareth and blind Bartimaeus, not to me. Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, thou son of David. He's my king. Uh, like here, Jesus, the right person, master, the right positioning, have mercy on us, the right perspective. Boy, we need his touch. We need his healing. We need his help. Uh, we do so for our sinful condition. We need his help. We need his healing. We need his touch. Until we realize we're sinners and our sin dooms us for hell, we'll never fully turn to a Savior who's already paid that price. If we don't think it's that bad, if we don't think we've done that much, then we'll try to work our way. Well, okay, I'll be a little better. I'll turn over a new leaf. I'll, I'll get baptized. I'll join a church. I'll uh, try to do good work. Maybe my good works will outweigh my bad work. Hey, until we realize the depths of our depravity, we'll never fully turn to the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. So, number one, uh, we saw the people that needed the miracle. And then, number two, the, the, the plea or the prayer uh, calling out Jesus uh, uh, master, have mercy on us. But then put down number three, the precept for the miracle or the plan that he gave them for the miracle. Look at verse number 14. And when they saw them, uh, and when he, when he, when Christ, and when he saw them, he said unto them, say it with me, go show yourselves unto the priests. Say that again. Go show yourselves unto the priests. Now, keep in mind, right here, they're still not healed right here. Uh, it's not until they go on their way, they start to walk away. Uh, that's when they uh, become healed. But right here, they're not healed. All they hear is one more time, uh, one more person telling them the same thing that they've heard so many uh, other uh, times. Go show yourself unto the priest. Uh, again, legally, lawfully. Uh, the priest would monitor it. The priest would diagnose it. The priest would give a prognosis for it. The, the priest would, would, would also uh, 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 rule on that isolation. And uh, the priest would do that, but not one time did the priest ever heal a leper. Uh, and now they're hearing the same thing that they've heard over and over and over and over again. Go show yourself unto the priest. Wait, what about Luke chapter 5 when he touched that leper? Uh, what about Luke chapter 7 uh, when he healed many lepers. Go show yourself unto the priest. Hey, we've been there. We've done that. It was no help at all. Uh, don't you notice we're still standing afar off? Don't you notice we're still following that regulation and that law of leprosy? Hey, we haven't been helped by the priest. We've been there. We've tried that. But the confusion and the frustration that that they must have felt. You see, from that first leper that they heard the news that he healed, well, I'm sure they played that over and over and over and over in their minds. As they're outside of the gate of the city, as they're huddled, that leper colony, as one of them, hey, did you hear about over here in this city? Boy, there was a leper. Are you sure he had leprosy? Oh, yeah, I was told he was bad, and he was way gone. And Are you sure about that? And then, and then he, Jesus Christ came. Now, now, what was his name again? Jesus Christ, Messiah, he came, and he touched him. He touched the leper. Unheard of. They would have replayed that over and over and over again, almost putting themselves, well, I wished I was that leper. 
I wish I would have been there. If only I would have that opportunity. I kind of wonder how many times they would have replayed that, that, that transformation uh, uh, again, he touched the leper. Again, he healed the leper. Again, uh, what was the name of that leper? Again, uh, what was the town that that happened in? Over and over and over. And now they came to Christ. Uh, and Christ didn't reach out and touch them. Christ didn't reach out and touch them. Uh, he didn't even say to them, be healed. Uh, all he said to them is what they've heard over and over and over again. Go show yourself unto the priest. Well, I, I think their heart and their emotions probably hurt. Or at least, there was at least a pause of, of I thought it was going to be different than that. I didn't think we were uh, going to have to go through the same thing that we did before. And uh, that never has helped us. No priest, no priest ha- has ever helped us there. Uh, and so that frustration and that confusion, but now keep in mind, They decided to do what he said because they've already given him the position. Jesus, Master, Master, you're our Master. Uh, Our Master, and uh, Master, though I don't understand it. Master, though uh, I've already tried it. Master, though though, uh, I'm a little frustrated by it. Uh, Because you're our Master, I'm going to do exactly what my Master has said. You see, in their words, they called him Master, but now in their works. Now in their works. You see, the true test isn't just our words. The true test is our works. We're going to see it in James. A man may say, I have faith without works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. We're going to see that in James. I think it's chapter number 3. And so here they are. They're giving lip service to it, but they're also now going to give life service to it. Uh, not just in their words, but now in their works. It's not one of those uh, kind of people, they profess that they know God, uh, but in works they deny him. No, they profess that they know God, and in their actions, they do exactly what he says. Boy, how many times have we heard people saying, oh, how I love Jesus. Uh, Tithe? I would never do that. Oh, how I love Jesus. Be faithful to God and uh, sacrifice, live for others. Oh, how I love Jesus, and they'll sing and uh, be sang more, and they'll profess or fish sticker on the back of their car, but, but, but live like Christ, deny myself, take up my cross, follow him. Well, so many say it with their words, they don't live it with their, their works. They say it with their lips, they don't uh, live it with their life. Now look at them, 14. And when he saw him, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. Look at it. And it came to pass, we're in 14, and it came to pass that as they went, that as they went, that as they went, that when they obeyed, still confused, but obeyed, still maybe even frustrated, but obeyed, still a little scratching their heads, we've already done this, but they obeyed. And as they went, look at it, they were you know, I think there's a big difference between the parting of the Red Sea and the parting of the, parting of the Jordan River. Uh, parting of the Red Sea, the Red Sea was parted before they walked through. The parting of the Jordan seems to allude that they stepped into it before it was parted. Uh, sometimes God wants us walking before he starts working. 
God wants us walking before he starts working. And here for them, go back to the priest. We don't understand it. Go back to the priest. I can't comprehend it. Go back to the priest. Uh, Though I'm frustrated by it, I'll obey it. Uh, I'll obey it. Uh, I'll do it because he's my master. Put down number four. Uh, The praise for the miracle. Uh, As they went, they were cleansed. Uh, As they went, they were cleansed. Uh, And and over half of our text uh, gives the praise for the miracle when only a few words are dedicated to the prayer for the miracle. I have often thought that if we spend as much time thanking God for what he does in our life, as we do praying to God that he would do something in our life, he'd do something a lot quicker. If we thank God for for the miracles and the blessings, uh, as much as we ask for those miracles and those blessings, I think they would come a, a lot more quickly than they do Uh, Because that's what God wants with our life, a heart of worship, uh, a heart praising him, uh, a heart exalting him. 14, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and went, look at it, with a loud voice, with a loud voice, glorified God. Now, uh, notice the difference in Verse number 13, they lifted up their voice. It doesn't say necessarily the volume that they were able to get out, but they gave it everything they had. Uh, Jesus, uh, Master, have mercy. The gravel, the rasp, that that larynx, that voice box that that has been degraded. Uh, They lifted up their voice, but now as he's totally healed. Uh, It seems like the first word he says, the first praise He gives with that new voice. He's about to test drive it. Uh, He's about to give it a go. Uh, See how it is now. Uh, And this time it wasn't just a raspy, gravelly lifting up his voice. This time with a loud voice, glorified God. With a loud voice, glorified God. Boy, the first words I want to say is praise to the Lord. Uh, The first words I want to say, and here he is. The first words he says with that that new voice, that 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 new voice, that transformed voice, uh, was was praise and glory to God. Look at verse number sixteen, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. True worship, true praise, glorifying God, falling down literally, being floored by the goodness of God, being floored by the blessings of God. Uh, It's convicting to me. When's the last time I was floored by the goodness and mercy uh, and the blessings of God? Being floored, blown away by the goodness and mercy uh, and blessings of God. Now, don't miss the last part, though, the pain. Uh, The pain. Look at verse number 17. And Jesus answering said, here he is, this one guy came back, he glorified God, loud voice, falling on his face, worshiping uh, the King of kings, worshiping uh, the Lord of lords, creator God, worshiping him. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not ten cleansed? But, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give 
Glory to God. Save this stranger. Save this Samaritan. And I like the fact that, that the Jews that thought they were so much better uh, in the story about the Good Samaritan, that the Lord Jesus Christ uses as a shining example someone that that group looked down on. Someone that that group looked down on. And, and here, much like that, uh, he's showing as a shining example Hey, were those other nine Samaritans? Maybe so, maybe no. But we do know the one that came back and glorified God was that one that was kind of an outcast anyway uh, because of his, his nationality, his background, his ethnicity, kind of a, an outcast anyway. And Christ uses him uh, as a shining example. Uh, there are not found uh, any that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. Well, he's waiting not just for us to say master with our words, not just for us to say master with our works, but for us to say master with our worship, with our worship. Boy, only one out of the ten, uh, only one out of the ten, uh, where are the nine? Can I, can I close with a question? Uh, I, I've often wondered, were the other nine thankful or not? Were the other nine grateful uh, or not? Uh, and it doesn't say they weren't thankful. It just says they didn't come back to give thanks. It doesn't say they weren't happy about uh, the blessing they received. It just says that they didn't return to, to praise God for uh, the blessing uh, they received. I want to give you four levels uh, with this. I think the first one is people that are unaware People that are unaware that every good gift and every perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of lights. And so I do think there are some people that are just unaware, unaware that the blessings we have, yes, it's been a tough year, but yes, God has blessed us incredibly. And so there are some that are just unaware. I think that there's others that are unthankful, and I think that's probably a step worse. Uh, those that are unthankful, uh, it's more of an expectation. Well, well, God should do this for me. And God, I'm entitled and I deserve. And, and this is expectation, expectation, uh, rather than appreciation. Uh, you ever uh, give someone something that uh, they had an expectation when they should have had an appreciation? Uh, whether it's a bonus at work, whether it's uh, just a gift that you give. To, well, expectation, expectation. And I think so much of our life at times can be lived that way. Uh, the expectation of what we deserve uh, rather than, a, than an appreciation of everything that God gives. Uh, Romans chapter 1, that slide into depravity because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, they, they weren't thankful. They weren't thankful. And I think as soon as that linchpin is pulled out, that, that gratitude, that thankfulness, uh, that moral depravity, uh, that, that blasphemous, that, that reprobate kind of a... It all started. It all started with that linchpin of neither were they thankful. Uh, it's interesting because in uh, a few verses before that, Paul said, first... First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. First, first, I always want to make sure that first I give him praise and I give him thanks. I think that's also a pattern for our prayer time. Rather than 
God, I'm here, and you have my uh, Christmas shopping list that I want, uh, my health, and I want finances, job, and uh, take care of this for me, take care of that for me. Boy, we, we are so quick to jump into the, when Paul said, first, first, uh, I want to make sure that I'm thankful uh, and I worship him and give glory to God first. I think the, the Lord's Prayer would give us a model for that also. And, and so um, uh, there's those that are unaware, those are, there are those that are unthankful, uh, and I think these other nine, I think they were thankful. Boy, they went from being leprous, a death sentence, a, a terminal uh, disease condition, uh, illness. They, they had to live out of the city. They, they were ostracized. They, they, they were on the clock. They were uh, going to eventually, their, their, their death was quickened. And I have no doubt that they were happy and laughing and rejoicing. Uh, the one thing I do know, though, is they never returned to give him thanks. Uh, they were thankful for what they had, but they didn't give thanks to the one who gave. Uh, they were thankful for where they were at, uh, the condition that, that they gained, uh, but they didn't return. And it's all about um, uh, uh, not just being happy about the blessings, but thanking the blesser. Uh, the one that's given us every blessing that we have. You know, more important than uh, getting a, a little higher paying job, more important than having a little better health, more important than, than a little more ease and a little more comfort, uh, more important than that is having a closer personal relationship with God. That's the most important. That's the most important. And, and to be honest with you, for me, let the, the other chips fall where they may. Let the other chips fall where they... I'm not even sure what that means. But anyway, I think potato chips when I think that. Let the other potato chips fall. Uh, if, if I was telling someone in ministry the other day that, um, that uh, if you uh, keep your walk with God and have a, a good family, a great family, you're ahead of the ballgame. Because there's so many that, that have just... They've, they've blown it. They've messed up. They've, um, and so uh, make sure that... Uh, more important than uh, the size of your bank account, more important than uh, the newness of your house, more important than, than uh, the accoutrements of life. Uh, the most important thing is that we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And uh, yes, those other nine may have been thankful, but they never returned and gave thanks to the one who gave them everything they had. Does any of this make sense to anybody out there at all? And so uh, this story, it, it's just so, to me, compelling. It's compelling because uh, I don't think there's anyone in here that's unaware. You wouldn't be here uh, on a Wednesday night. I, I don't think even uh, that there's anyone in here that's unthankful. I deserve this, and I, I, I'm entitled to this. I, I do think there's a, a difference between, though, uh, just being grateful and giving gratitude to God. Just being thankful, and I love the phrasing for thanksgiving, thanksgiving, that holiday, thanksgiving. It's not about just being thankful, it's about giving thanks to Creator God, giving thanks to our Savior who died for our sins, giving God thanks. Uh, and let's end our service tonight by doing that collectively, and I hope also this is a reminder to all of us that 
we need to be giving, going back, returning, giving him thanks for everything that he's done. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.